This is Case Closed, crime stories from the golden age of radio. Welcome to another hour of mystery on this Wednesday's Case Closed. We're going to begin with Richard Diamond, private detective. We'll hear Mr. Victor's daughter, his story from January 15th, 1950. After that, it's the new adventures of Nero Wolfe and a slight case of perjury, his story from April 6th, 1951. Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, private detective. Oh, uh, may I do something for you, sir? I'll repeat the offer while I think of something. Uh, I beg your pardon? That's not the way I heard it first. Uh, did you want to see... Uh, Mr. George Victor... Uh, may I have your name? Well, let's, uh, let's trade. Mine's Diamond, Richard Diamond. Oh, of course. Mr. Victor's expecting you. Well, it's too much to hope that you were. Uh, uh, he's waiting for you, Mr. Diamond. Thanks. Any door? Huh? Oh, oh, straight ahead. Go right in. Mm-hmm. Yes? Mr. Victor? Yes. Oh, you're Diamond. Uh-huh. Come in and sit down. Thank you. You said you'd come immediately, and that was over an hour ago when I phoned you. Well, I didn't want to come to my bare feet. What? I was washing out a pair of socks. You're you're sure you're Richard Diamond? Uh, reasonably sure, yes. Uh, my uh, my credentials. Oh, all right. You were recommended to me by Lieutenant Levinson of the police department. I want to hire you. Uh, my fee is one hundred dollars a day in expenses. Unless we settle that first, I couldn't solve the case if it was tagged a hundred proof. Here are two checks. One for a hundred, the other for five. Oh. You get the hundred if you take the job, and the other one if you do the job satisfactorily. Ah, tell me all about it. You may have heard that I bought the controlling interest in one of the biggest newspapers in the city. That I heard. All right. I'm going to expose the numbers racket. Eh, that's been tried before. I know, but this time it's different. I have all the evidence I need to expose one of the biggest operators. Aaron Ziegler. Oh, well, you do pick them big. You know him? We did some spitting at each other when I was on the force. Well, then you know what he is. Yeah. But you said you had all the evidence. Where do I come in? Ziegler's my affair. Yours will be my daughter. Here's her picture. Well, you can have Ziegler. I'm happy with this arrangement. This is no joke, Mr. Diamond. My daughter works for Ziegler. Oh? You got a million bucks for every Mongolian in Asia and your daughter works? Hobby, perhaps? She uh, became infatuated with a man named Doug Saxon. And went to work to support Will him. you listen to me? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mr. Victor. Saxon has some connection with Ziegler. I objected to her seeing Saxon, and there, there was an argument. And being 21, she walked out? Yes. Hmm. Ziegler gave her a job singing in the Nocturne Club. I know the place. Now, what I want you to do is... I think I know, Mr. Victor. You've got evidence on Ziegler. That makes him an unhappy boy, and being unhappy, he wants to smile again. So he sets glamour lad Saxon loose. Your daughter falls for him and the frame's begun, right? Ziegler told me he was going to stop me from printing the expose of his racket. I I know he'll use my daughter, Kathy. What does she have to say about it? She won't see me. Hmm. And you've got no idea what the frame will be? No, that's your job. 
Find my daughter, stay with her until the paper goes to press. And when will that be? Ten tonight. Hmm. Well, all right, Mr. Victor, you've hired yourself a boy. I'll pick up that $500 check after I pick up the late edition. Good day, sir. Oh, uh... Yes? Uh, if you'll excuse the expression, uh, the retainer, $100. Oh, here you are. Oh, well, thank you. I'd bow from the waist, but my empty money belt might choke me. I'll keep in touch. A couple of phone calls to old acquaintances who still kept in touch with the shady side of our city, and I had Saxon's address. A half hour after I left George Victor, I was punching the buzzer to Saxon's apartment. Good afternoon, Mr. Saxton. Who are you? What do you want? I'm Mother Hubbard, and I've come to look at your cupboard. Ask me in. What's the idea? Who... Uh, this won't take long, Mr. Saxton. Listen, you... I was just going to ask you to listen. But since you ask first, go ahead and give me something to listen to. I... Uh... Did Ziegler send you? Well, maybe. Maybe not. It's a nice place here. All the scenery. Phonograph, big overstuffed chair. I'm glad you like it, but don't make yourself comfortable. What's in the other room? Look here, I don't know who you are or what you want, but... Maybe Ziegler did send me. Uh, did he? No. You a cop? Used to be. Always enjoyed my work. And I never enjoyed it more than when I was up against a character like you. Get out of here. Oh, now somehow getting tough doesn't look well on you. You're not the type, Saxon. From a quick but thorough study, I'd say you were more used to soft lights, sweet music, and setting up pigeons to be knocked over by your boss. I don't know what you're talking about. Kathy Victor. Know her? What if I do? You know her. And, uh, Saxon... Keep away from her. <laughs> oh, now you're scaring me, sure. Hey, hey, what do you want from me? Why are you doing this? I'm hired to do it. The name's Diamond, Richard Diamond, occupation private detective. Private detective? Yeah. You're going to make a phone call now. I won't. You're calling Ziegler to tell him you quit. I can't do that. Unless you want this floor lamp on your head. Uh, 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 Diamond, please, please don't. Now, that's better. Now, go ahead. What'll I tell him? Yeah, uh, your health is bad. You're going to take a boat trip. Well, that's ridiculous. Well, then you think of something, but think. But I... Hello, this is Saxon. I'd like to talk to Aaron. Oh. Well, I'll call back. It's important. Oh, it's important. I've got to talk to him. All right. Get him. They're putting me through him. Hello. Hello, Aaron. Listen, I, I, I can't go through with the deal. Uh, something came up. I mentioned my name. A man named Diamond. Richard... Yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't know, Aaron, but please, don't blame me. I, 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 I did... Hello? Hello, Aaron? Aaron? He, he hung up. Good. You do the same. You don't know what he'll do, Diamond. You don't know him. Oh, but I do. Well, happy landings, glamour boy. You can't leave me like this. You know, after a long look at you, I don't think I'd like to stay. Bye, Saxon. 20 feet of the East River will look good on you. I knew Ziegler wouldn't be scared off that easily, but when you go hunting ducks, you put out a decoy. I did. The decoy was me. It was an hour later that I got back to my office building and walked into the lobby. The elevator door there was open, but the jockey was missing. I was about to take the hard way up the stairs when... Diamond. Uh, uh, oh, hello. Where'd you come from? I'm under a cabbage leaf. Don't believe it. Get in the elevator. Uh, I'll walk. Hey, Mac. Mr. Diamond don't want to get in the elevator. Uh, maybe he gets car sick. Get in, Diamond. <clears throat> uh, what's the big idea? 
Close the door, Mac. Sure. You know how to run this thing, Diamond? No. Start it up. Go on. Okay. Floors, please. I'll tell you when. This is far enough. Stop it. And keep your hands away from that door. What are you going to do? Eat your way up? He's a card, ain't he? Oh, now, come on. Fun's fun, but I got business. So have we. We told you to take your hands off those doors. Oh, you did, huh? Yeah. <coughs> oh, he won't go down. Sure he will. He's just stubborn. Yeah. Give me that sap. <coughs> you see? Yeah. Think he's still tuned in? Let's see. Diamond. Hey, Diamond. Oh, he should know better than that. It ain't polite not to listen. Kick him in the ribs. <coughs> now, how about it, Diamond? You want to listen? He's shaking his head. He says yes. Okay. Now, stay away from the dame you're supposed to take care of. Go back to Victor and tell him you don't want the job. Tell him it's too rough, and if he don't understand, show him your bruises. Hey, uh, give him a bruise where it shows. Look at that. I don't think he likes you kicking him in the chops. What does he want? Bedroom slippers? Okay, open the doors and let's get out of here. Hey, uh, think I ought to give him another boot? Just to make sure? Ain't you ever satisfied? Go ahead. <laughs> okay, let's go. You know something? You got an awful disposition. <laughs> You don't come out of a beating like that right away. A professional working over is like spending a weekend in a taffy machine. I reached out and tried to touch things, but it was like trying to paint the inside of a balloon with a hammer. I was numb, and when the little jabs of feeling started pinching my cheeks, I found out that I was warm and sticky. Finally, I pulled myself up, stood there for a minute, decided my legs weren't macaroni, and went to the washroom to clean up. Then I headed for the Nocturne Club. It was too early for customers, but there was a bartender and a girl with blonde hair playing the piano. Uh, we ain't open yet, Mac. Oh, you ain't? Well, give me a bib. I may cry all over the place. You look awful. Truck hit you or something? I was blowing a tube in a high wind. Yeah? Yeah. Screwed me eight feet into the ground. Ain't that terrible? Yeah, ain't it? Hey, uh... Who's the dame with the fingers? Oh, entertains here. Name's Victor, Kathy Victor. Got a swell set of pipes. Mm. If you're looking for a job, we don't need no tuba players. Look, uh, here's for a drink, and here's something for you, because uh, you ain't open yet. Fix me something that'll turn me all one color. Sure. <laughs> Will it be black or blue? Uh, anything that goes with my tie. Bring it to the piano. I thought you wanted it. Oh, I'll laugh later. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. to that? Yeah. Time in my hands. Hmm? From your looks, I'd say you needed time. Oh, don't let the bruises fool you, honey. When the swelling goes down, my face is fairly normal. Hey, uh, blue and yellow make green, don't they? Yeah, why? I wasn't sure, but here's a drink anyway. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe you'll turn plaid. Sure. Here, put this in your pocket and go back in the bottle. Sure, thanks. Uh, yellow, you want another one? 
What's the matter? Why'd you stop? I need a drink, too. You get the jumps early, huh? I work late. Catches up with me. Oh, try out running them for a day. It does wonders. <laughs> oh, I know you. You're a spy from Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm. Go ahead, play some more. Father sent me. What? Remember him? Why don't you leave now? Before we're really acquainted? I don't know who you are or what you want, but if my father sent you, I'm not buying. Okay, so you're having a good time now, but there's always the next morning. Thought of that? I don't need anyone to take care of me. Miss Victor, I'm not trying to take care of you. I'm doing a job. Maybe you don't know this, but you're being measured for a patsy. And your father's going to fit the same frame Saxon and Ziegler are working up for you. (laughs) You're crazy. But I like you, so I'll forgive you. Now cut it out. I thought you wanted me to play. Look, you're spoiled. You had a mouthful of silver spoons and a handful of gold pieces for building blocks when you were a kid. But you're not a kid anymore. You're playing with bad boys. Maybe that's the way I like them. What do I have to say to make you realize, She's young lady... what, Diamond? Doug. Oh, well, well, Mr. Saxon. I thought you weren't going to be around here anymore. I changed my mind. <laughs> You've changed, too, since I last saw you. Well, only my looks. They'll heal. But tomorrow, you'll still be a greasy little gigolo. You can't talk that way to me. Oh, shut up. I... Oh, never mind. Mr. Ziegler would like to see you. He saw you come in. And where is Mr. Ziegler? In his office, right back that way. Okay, okay. I haven't seen Ziegler for a long time. Maybe he wants me to set his broken arm. His arm's all right. Well, stick around. You may find out you're a chronic liar. Uh, keep playing, baby. I'll be right back. Like I said, I knew my bluff of Saxon wouldn't work, but I had what I wanted. A look in on Ziegler. And maybe a hint on what the frame was going to be. I walked to and into his office. Well, (laughs) Diamond. Hello, Ziegler. Oh, what happened to your face? Oh, got it caught in an elevator. What do you want with me? Diamond. Here's a grand. Go out and have fun tonight, huh? All night. Oh, that money won't do me any good. Why not? That ain't counterfeit. Well, it's yours. That makes it so lousy, it's liable to crawl right out of my pocket. Well, then get rid of it in a hurry. You get rid of it. (laughs) You know, it's better waking up with a headache than not being able to find your head at all. Oh, look, Ziegler, you don't scare me. Now, let's level. You know why I'm here. Let Kathy Victor alone. You want to see me, boss? Well, look who's here. Oh, you know Tony Diamond? Hey, we met, yes. Mm-hmm. He stubbed his toe on my chin. I don't know what you're talking about. When was this, Diamond? Uh, you know what it was, about an hour ago. You're crazy. Yes, Diamond. Tony was right here with me all morning. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you leaving, Diamond? Yeah, yeah. Got any other ideas? Yes. I think you should consider my proposition. I'll let you know. About what? Things in general. Oh, no. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're happy. You make me that way, Diamond. You're working the dark, aren't you? I'll feel my way around. Believe me, Diamond, there ain't a thing wrong. Why, we love Miss Victor here. Just because her old man gets excited and hires you to bend an eye over her, don't mean anything is wrong, does it? Since you ask me, I'll tell you. The answer's yes. You think so? Yeah. Otherwise, why beat me up? Why offer me a grand to look the other way? I don't know nothing about the beating. And as for the grand, I like you. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, okay, Zegra. I think I'll go now. And just to make you happier, I'll probably stick with the case. So long, Diamond. 
Oh, uh, by the way, Ziegler. What now? Did you say this, uh, this gentleman's name was Tony? That's his name. Okay, uh, Tony. What? I wouldn't do this for everyone, but, uh, your shoelace is untied. You're allowed to trip over it. Eh, what are you talking about, it? Bombs away. Oh, that ain't nice, Diamond. When you do that to a man, you're liable to bust all his teeth. So what? You probably had your eye on the gold ones anyway. Be good, Ziegler. Well, hi there. You looking for another drink? Now, I got one here that I just fixed. You know, you kind of got me started on that color business. Uh, where'd the and girl I, go? I... Huh? Uh, what girl? You know, Ann Saxon. Where's he? Never heard of him. Have you ever been to Hamilton? Huh? Has his picture on all $10 bills. This one's suitable for framing. In your pocket. Can't do it, mister. Two pictures of Hamilton? Well, they sure would look nice on me, but... Uh... I work here, mister. I got a wife and kids, see? Yeah, yeah, I see. Okay, fella, forget it. Well, I fell for the oldest gag in the world. Kept busy someplace else while Saxon walked out with the girl. Now I had to find her. But where? I had until ten that night to stop a frame-up I didn't know anything about. But I played a hunch and headed for the 5th Precinct Police Station and Lieutenant Walt Levinson. I walked in on him. Diamond, oh no. Hiya, hiya, Walt. No, please go home. Nothing good can come of this. Why, Walt, I'm surprised at you. Well, I'm not. You've got some horrible joke up your sleeve. I don't want any part of it. I can only stay a few minutes. I, uh, I want to know about a guy named Saxon. Douglas Saxon? That's it. What's the matter? Can't you find things out for yourself? Right now, Lieutenant, I'm a citizen asking about a guy. Now, what have you got on Saxon, Walt? Not a thing. He was clean when we picked him up a couple of times. Why was he picked up? Why are you so interested in him? Oh, it goes with my business. Oh. And if I tell you? Well, I'll tell you something sometime. Now, come on, Walt. Give. Okay, okay. He was picked up on suspicion of handling narcotics. But that's a job for the vice squad. Why is he so dear to you? He's working for Aaron Ziegler. This, Mr. Diamond, is not news. He'd be just the boy to work a frame for Aaron, wouldn't he? If it involved a gal, yes. This does. How? Don't know. Yet. But, uh, if she was picked up with narcotics on her, it'd be a nice frame, wouldn't it? What makes you think it would be a frame? This gal looks too healthy. Yeah, but you could be wrong. Why? Because for some stupid reason I like you, and I don't want to see you make a fool of yourself. Oh, why would I do that? For this dame. What dame? The one that Saxon's going to frame. Is he going to frame her? Of course he is. I better get her out of it. Certainly, that's just what I was saying. Bye, Walt. Rick. Yeah. Thanks. What for? For not dragging out that who's on first routine. I don't think my stomach could have stood it today. Oh, Walt, you're an idiot. Yeah. Be a good boy. When you pound a police beat in New York, you make a lot of unusual friends. And if you ever get in plain clothes, those friends come in handy sometimes. I grabbed a cab in front of the precinct station and headed for Chinatown. Walt and I had known an old Chinese named Wu Li who had been around a long time. He knew everyone and everything that went on in Chinatown. And if anyone knew where we could find Saxon, he did. Saxon, Saxon... It's possible I do not know him. Oh, I think you do. <laughs> Just so. He said this man Saxon deals in sweet dreams. However, his rumor not proved. Does he ever come to Chinatown? You like perhaps a cup of tea? I ask this as a favor, Wooly. Uh, enemies are made to do evil. Friends to ask favors. 
Sometimes it's no difference. Will you tell me, Wooly? You ask in name of friendship? I do. Very well. In Chinatown is establishment owned by a man named Fu Shen. Perhaps, I say perhaps, this man Saxon is there. He's been there before, hmm? My eyes are old, perhaps mistaken. <laughs> Not your eyes. I shall give you address, then make call to Fu Shen. You will be allowed to enter his establishment. May you live 10,000 years. And may you live to mourn at my funeral. The old boy gave the address and I left his shop. Five minutes later, I walked through the back door of the old frame building and Fu Shen bowed from the waist and led me upstairs to a private room that fronted the long hall. I noticed there were three other closed doors in the floor aside from the big room downstairs. If Kathy Victor was in the building... She had to be in one of those rooms. I walked into my room, closed the door behind me. There was a bed in one corner and a chair near it. A low table was near the bed and a dim light threw diagonal shadows like fingers across the walls. I waited until the proprietor had time to get downstairs, then I opened the door and looked out in the hall. It was empty, so I started throwing open doors. I had to be quick before I had a dozen hopped-up thugs on my back. The first was a cold turkey... This room's in use. Diamond. Well, Mr. Saxon, I presume. Look, 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 Diamond, lay off me, will you? Where's the kid? I don't know who you mean. You will. Oh, Diamond, my arm, you're, you're hurting. So here's another twist for size. Now sing, Saxon, and loud. Uh, look, you got it wrong. I... Oh, How wrong can I be? Okay, okay, but it wasn't my idea. I can believe that. Ziegler oh. thought it up. You pulled it off for a couple of grand. Listen, if I tell you, will you let me go? The girl's all you want. Let me go, will you? Where is she? In the next room. Walk ahead of me. And in case you get any ideas... Oh. Now walk ahead of me. Oh. Oh. Open the door. You, you got my arm! You got another one, but not for long if you try anything. Open it. There. There she is. Oh. Out cold. She's all right. Just... She's just knocked out, huh? Let me go now, Diamond. Sure, sure. So this was the game, huh? Bring her here, knock her out, plant narcotics on her, and then push her into the street to get picked Look, up. Look, I showed you where she is. Now give me a break. You know, I was just thinking of that. How would you like it, in the arm or in the jaw? From. Oh, come on. Come on, Mr. Victor. Let's, let's wake up now. Come on. Come on. Mr. Diamond, uh, you got bad habits. Yeah. Yeah, Tony, and one of them is running into you. Okay, Diamond, keep your hands where I can see them. Right on the ends of my arms. Oh, what a sense of humor. All right, Diamond. All right, what? I think you're going to get a hole in the face. Oh, just a minute, Tony. You hear anything? Yeah. Those are police cars, Tony, coming here. You're crazy. Yeah? You don't think I'd come here alone, do you? Get over there by the door. Look, Tony, you got yourself all dirtied up for Ziegler. Is he here? No, he let you and Saxon walk around in the mud. Those cars are almost here, Tony. Shut up, I got orders. You're up me out, I know. But what did you do? How are you going to get out? Got an answer for that? Uh, they ain't coming here. Uh, they didn't go past, Tony. Now listen, I got nothing against you. Make a break for it. Out the back door. All I want is the girl. Go on, fast, before it's too late. Yeah, I ain't going to take the rap for nobody. Diamond! Rick! Diamond, you in here? Diamond! Up, up here, Walt, come on! You all right? Uh, sure, but I sent a package, special delivery, out the back door. Oh, we've got that covered. Otis will sign for you. Okay, wonderful. And now, hey, wait a minute. Huh? What are you doing here? Why'd you come? Why? 
My ulcers told me you were up to some stupid business. I know when you left me, you had some dizzy idea in your thick skull. I'm a cop, you know. I checked the Wu Lee, too. Hey, that the girl? Yeah, yeah. She'll be all right. Coming around okay. Uh-huh. Oh, and Saxon. Mm-hmm. Hey. What did you hit him with? Stop. Limp. Yeah, Walt. Walt, listen. If the papers get word of this, this kid's father will be ruined. If she's in the clear, you've got my word no one will hear about it. Well, I know she's in the clear, but I can't leave her here. I got a job to do. I was hired. Oh, you want to take her, huh? Yeah. I, I think she'd like to go home. Okay, I'll take your word she's all right. Now, beat it fast before the narcotics boys get here. Thanks, Walt. Come on, baby. Snap out of it. Come on. Get her out of here before we're all booked for obstructing justice. I'm going. Uh, hey, hey, Walt. Yeah? How are you going to explain knocking over this joint before the vice squad? Why, didn't you know I got a reported homicide here? I'll let you know what happens. Where'll you be? Oh, silly boy. Where else but Helen's? Now, come on, Cassie, baby. On your feet. On your feet. Uh, uh, Walt. Now what? Uh, I love you. I'll marry you later. Now take off. Oh, my stomach. Oh. Hello, Rick. You're late. Hey, get a load of those silk slacks. They're lounging pajamas, darling. I've been in a lot of lounges, dear. Never something like those. You like them? Yeah, yeah, they're all right. It's the stuffing that gets me. Rick. Be proud of what you got, baby. I knew a guy who had 16 toes on each foot. What good did that do him? He used to tell everybody he was a duck, made a fortune selling his hair for pillow stuffing. You look awful. Hmm. Could have been worse. Oh, was she pretty, Rick? Who? The girl in the case. What case? Why were you late getting here? Oh, well, I, uh, I had to take a girl home and introduce her to a man, her father. I see. How long did that take? Uh, how'd you know about the girl? Hmm? Lieutenant Levinson phoned, asking for you. Oh. I took the message. He said, she's all right. And a man named Saxon did a lot of talking. Oh, wonderful. Who's she? Who's Saxon? Oh, read all about it in the papers, dear. Is she blonde or brunette? Both. Blonde with a brunette disposition. Hmm. Got the piano, too. Huh? She's pretty as I am. Oh, honey, nobody is. Oh, well, nothing to do until the office opens again tomorrow. Time on my hands. You in my arms. Nothing but love in view. And then if you fall once and for all, I'll see my dreams come true. Moments to spare for someone you care for, one love affair, just the two.
How long did it take you to take her home? Oh, let's forget her, Helen. I'm willing. But are you? Mm Mm-hmm. Look. Oh, what nice big checks. Yeah, another day, another 600 bucks. Are we going out for dinner? With what? You've got a handful of checks. Baby, I got news for you. The banks are closed. Oh, come on. I know the bartender at the Nocturne Club. Oh, no. You have just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell, with Virginia Gregg as Helen and Ed Begley as Lieutenant Walt Levinson. Also in the cast were Wilms Herbert, Larry Dobkin, Gene Bates, Stanley Waxman, Paul DeBob, and High Averback. Music was under the direction of Frank Worth. Richard Diamond is written by Blake Edwards and directed by Russell Hughes. Dick Powell currently may be seen in the motion picture version of the best-selling novel, Mrs. Mike. This is Eddie King inviting you to be with us next Sunday at this same time when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. What's on NBC today? Great shows for Sunday on NBC include The Adventures of Sam Spade and Theater Guild on the Air. Helen Hayes and Walter Abel co-star on Theater Guild today. And for his caper, Sam Spade turns to television for help. You'll enjoy both these stellar shows. Sam Spade, then Theater Guild, today on NBC. Now stay tuned for James Melton and Harvest of Stars on NBC. Ladies and gentlemen, the ringing of that phone bell brings you mystery, adventure... Nero Wolf's office, Archie Goodwin speaking. Uh, just a moment, please. Hey, boss, uh, Mr. Tom Wilcox wants an appointment. How about one o'clock? Archie, no appointments today. I intend to put some dendrobium offsets. One o'clock will be fine, Mr. Wilcox. You see the Tom Wilcox who was acquitted yesterday of the murder of that singer, Keith Hansen? Uh, Mr. Wilcox, are you the Tom Wilcox who... Oh, you are. I see. What does he want with me? Uh, Mr. Wilcox, why do you seek Mr. Wolf's services? I see. Well, our fee is $1,000 with a retainer of 500 okay? Oh, yes, Mr. Wolf will see you. Uh, what's that? Hey, what was that? Hey, hey, Mr. Wilcox. Archie, stop shouting, hey. He whispered someone was at the window. Then I heard a shot and he dropped the phone. Boss, I'm afraid we've just lost a client. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's that renowned genius who is the bulkiest, bulkiest, most ponderous, and most brilliant detective in the world. Yes, none other than that chairborn mass of unpredictable intellect, Nero Wolf, created by Rex Stout, and brought to you in a new series of adventures over this NBC network in the person of Mr. Sidney Greenstreet. This episode is one Nero Wolf refers to as a slight case of perjury. It all started with a phone call from Tom Wilcox and the ensuing shot, which I was sure had brought our newfound income to an early end. Anyway, there was the shot and... Hello? Mr. Wilcox? Hello? 
Oh, boss, I've certainly waited long enough for him to come back to the phone. We may have just lost a nice bankroll. Nonsense, Archie. Other clients will rescue us. Now for a cold bottle of beer, Archie. We're almost out of beer. I better get over there and see what happened to Mr. Wilcox. The beer first. Nero Wolf's office, Archie Goodwin speaking. Oh, Wilcox, you all right? Well, was that a shot? It was, huh? I'm glad it missed. Tell him to come right over here. Yeah, you dug the slug out of the wall. Well, come right over. Boss, the police never found the gun that killed Keith Hansen. No gun was found. Wilcox said he thinks he was shot out with a thirty-two. He dug the bullet out of the wall. The murderer of Hansen must now be after Wilcox. If Wilcox is telling the truth. He was acquitted. The society gal, Mrs. Patricia Park, established his alibi, said she was with Wilcox at the time the murder was supposed to have occurred. I read the papers, Archie. Where's last night's paper? Wow, boss, look at her picture. Ooh, she's a honey. Archie, will you get me some beer? Well, if you move your arm six and a quarter inches, you can't possibly miss it. Mr. Wolf, this is Tom Wilcox, our new client. How do you do? Uh Archie, the red leather chair for Mr. Wilcox. Uh, Mr. Wolf, I'd like your aid in finding the murderer of Keith Hanson. Indeed. Why do you suppose you were shot at this morning? I gave a statement to the press last night, which was printed this morning, saying that I was going to seek out the killer of Keith Hanson. The killer obviously wants me stopped. Uh, here's the bullet, a thirty-two, I'd say. Why did you go to Keith Hanson's apartment on the day of his death? I went there to tell him to stay away from my sister. We had a fight. The manager came and stopped us. I told Hanson I'd kill him if he didn't lay off. The manager heard this. Then I went home. What time was that? About 8.30. The police claimed I returned to Hanson's apartment and shot him. I couldn't prove I was at home all night. It was going rough for me until Patricia Park testified she was with me at the time when the crime was said to have been committed. Why didn't you tell the police in the first place that this Patricia Park was with you? Well, that's the whole trouble. She wasn't. What? Her claim that she spent the hours from nine till midnight with me was a lie. In fact, I'd never met the woman in my life. Have you contacted this Patricia since your release, Mr. Wilcox? Yes, but she refuses to see me. Archie, phone Mrs. Patricia Park and tell her that she must see her at once for her own good. Time is of the essence. What else can you tell me, Mrs. Park? Mr. Goodwin, I haven't anything more to say than I've already said. All I want is a simple answer as to why you lied about being with Tom Wilcox. Well, Tom Wilcox is a very fine man, but he isn't telling you the truth. Did you commit the murder and succeed in establishing your own alibi by swearing you and Tom Wilcox were together ten miles from the scene of the crime? I did not. Do you own a gun? Don has one around. Who's Don? Don's my husband. Oh, is he here? I doubt it. He's never here. Spends most of his time at the bookies... Throwing away every cent he can get his hands on. I've had to cut his allowance to practically nothing. Doesn't he work? No. He studied medicine but gave it up. He was an illustrator for years, but gave that up when his eyes were burned in a plane crash. Mm -hmm. Where's the gun? It's in the desk. It used to be in here. What caliber? I don't know. Where were you at 10 o'clock this morning? Why, I think I was with the cook. Someone fired a shot at Tom Wilcox this morning through the window. No. Oh, no. Archie, please, don't continue with this investigation, please. How well did you know Keith Hansen? Not very well, but enough to realize he was no good. 
Mr. Goodwin, if you'll drop this case, I'll give you $1,000 cash. Not interested. But I am interested in learning why you lied, why Tom was shot at this morning, and why you should try to bribe me. You must stop for your own sake. How will it benefit me to step out of it? The killer tried to stop Tom Wilcox. You might be next, and he may not miss this time. Go on. Why have you been protecting Wilcox? I believe Tom Wilcox was innocent. And I didn't want him to be sentenced to die, so... So I lied at the trial. He told us today he'd never seen you before. That's true. But he looked so innocent, so, so clean and good and decent. That's not very believable. If you don't think Wilcox killed Hanson, who do you think did it? Please believe me, Archie. I don't know. I don't, I tell you. Hi, sis. Hey, what's the matter? Are we intruding? Oh, hello, Marge. Brad, come in. This is Mr. Goodwin, my sister and brother-in-law, Marge and Brad Keene. How do you do? Hello. What gives, and who's Mr. Goodwin? A private detective, Marge. I've just explained to Mr. Goodwin that I wasn't with Tom Wilcox at the time of Keith Hanson's murder. Pat, why did you tell him that? Mr. Goodwin, I hope you will not use this knowledge against Pat. Did you all know Keith Hanson? Yes. And my husband and Keith went to school together. Keith, Don, and I were on the same polo team. Where were you at the time of the Hanson murder, Mr. King? He and Don were attending a horse show at Madison Square Garden. Marge and I didn't want to go. We stayed here. Where were you at 10 this morning, Mr. King? Why, uh, I had an appointment with my dentist, Dr. Flagg, Rockefeller Center. And you, Mrs. King? I was shopping. Ilsa's salon, a salon dresses. Why all this questioning? Marge, someone tried to kill Tom Wilcox this morning. What? May I use the phone, Mrs. Park? Yes, of course. First order your left. Suppose you try to find the gun. Marge, that gun is missing from the desk. I haven't seen it. Do you know the caliber, Mr. King? Uh, 32, I think. It must be in the house. For your sake, I hope you find it. Nero Wolf speaking. Archie, boss. You should have reported long ago. She must be very pretty. Pat Park admits she lied. She claims now she was with her sister, Marge King. Marge and her husband, Brad, have alibis, and all have alibis for this morning. I'll check them before I return. Where were they the night of the Hanson murder? Well, Brad and Don Park, that's Pat's husband, were at the Madison Square Garden horse show. Pat and Marge were together here at the house. Impossible to verify the Madison Square alibi at this date. Check all the rest and come home for lunch. It's Oysters Rockefeller. Has Inspector Kramer arrived yet? He has, and left the police records on the Hanson murder. He has taken the bullet Wilcox brought to be checked at ballistics. Good. Pat had a thirty-two caliber gun in the desk in the library. It's now missing. Indeed. And boss, Pat just offered me $1,000 to quit the case. When I refused, she said if I didn't lay off, something might happen to me. Oh, dear me. That would be most upsetting, eh? <laughs> After lunch, I want you to visit the late Keith Hansen's apartment. Bye. Before you join the others, Mr. Goodwin, I want to talk to you. All right. Close the door, Marge. Pat didn't mean anything when she offered you money, Archie. And she wasn't threatening you, honest. I'm convinced. Why the pressure? Uh, well, why don't you sit down? Here, by me. Okay. What's on your mind, huh? Archie, I can add another thousand to what Pat offered. Wouldn't that be enough, Archie? I can give it to you right now. Brad will write a check. Does Brad want me to stop, too? He said you couldn't be persuaded. Every one of you seems to have had a reason for killing Hanson. None of you apparently liked him. Now, be a good little girl, Marge, and stop trying to act like a Delilah. 
If you're innocent, you have nothing to worry about. You're stuffy. I hope you do get hurt. Thanks a million. Now let's join the others. Well, Pat, did you find the gun? I can't find it anywhere. Oh, Mr. Goodwin, this is Don Park, my husband. How do you do? How are you? Have you seen the gun, Mr. Park? Not for ages. You're a detective, eh? Yeah. May I ask where you were this morning about ten? Why? Well, frankly, I was at my bookies. Where's that? I can't tell you, but I'll call him and you can check it. Were you and Brad together at all times during the horse show the night of Keith Hansen's murder? No. Brad wanted away a couple of times, and I saw some people I knew. You know how it is. We'd meet at intervals. Archie, you're wasting your time. None of us is guilty. I made a fool of myself, that's all. Tom Wilcox was such a decent man that I hated to see him have to pay for taking Keith Hansen's rotten life. If a man's guilty, why should you butt in? You never use your head. Pat is one person who thinks of others before herself. Marge, forget it. Now you've got private detectives snooping around. What are you after, Goodwin? Who are you working for? Why don't you let my wife alone? The case is closed, isn't it? Maybe. Don, this just makes it more interesting to Mr. Goodwin. As a matter of fact, I think you all know more than you're telling. I still think Tom Wilcox killed him. And there's only one reason why Pat should protect him. Don, that's enough. Nice, happy family. Suffering all the torments of a guilty conscience, is that it? What are you trying to do, Mr. Goodwin? Get your nose poked? Not exactly. If not, you'd better leave. Okay, Mr. King, I'll run along. Mr. Wolf will be anxiously waiting to hear about this. So long. Pet Park's cook verified her alibi for 10 o'clock this morning, then. Uh, what about the other alibis? Well, Brad's dentist said that he didn't get to Brad until about 10.30. His appointments had run over. He wasn't sure if Brad was there at 10 or not. The nurse was out at that time. Marge's alibi is no good. And that mob at Elsa's, the saleswomen wouldn't have known their own mothers. Don's alibi checks, if we can take the word of the bookie. Don and Pat, then, are the only ones who have alibis that checked, huh? That's right. Are these the reports Inspector Kramer brought? Mm-hmm. Keith Hansen's body showed obvious signs of battering. Lips were swollen and lacerated, clothes disarranged. Knuckles of the right hand were skinned, nose fractured. Major contusion over the right eye. The eyes were closed. Thirty-two caliber bullet was embedded in the left chest wall. Wow, what a battle. I am of the opinion that Hansen was battered by two different people. I think someone arrived after Wilcox was thrown out by the manager, and this someone gave Hansen another beating. Really, boss? Come, let's have dinner. Then you must get over to Hansen's apartment. Boss? Yes, Archie. What have you found at Hanson's place? Well, the desk yielded one thing of interest. Keith's address book. And Marge's name is in there. Apparently, he'd known her before she was married, when she was Marge Van Cott. I see. A married name, King, was added in a different colored ink. Pat's phone number's there, and of course, Don's and Brad's office numbers. There are a few bills, but no letters, no clues. Sure. Boss, I've combed the place, and isn't it? Hey, wait a minute, I'll call you back. Who's there? Archie, you know I dislike the banging of doors. Sign of ill breathing. 
Archie, what happened to you? Target for tonight, Archie Goodwin. Your forehead's bleeding. You better have Fritz fix it. Well, my head can wait. Some guy certainly surprised me at Hanson's. Creased me on the forehead. Good thing I snapped off the lights. He emptied his gun at me. He scuffled and he got away. And then I dug his slug out of a chair. I think it's a thirty-two. But look at this, boss. A little round piece of glass. Found it on the floor. Hmm. It's very small, very smooth. And concave or convex in shape. Half an inch diameter. Watch, Crystal? Don't think so. The edges are too smoothly ground. I'll examine it under a magnifying glass. I'll get it, boss. Oh, hi, Tom. Come in. Mr. Wilcox, boss. Archie, hey, what's happened to you? Somebody tried to scalp me. Good evening, Mr. Wilcox. The red leather chair, Tom. Archie, please finish your report. Did you notice anything else of importance at Hanson's apartment? Is that where this happened? Yeah. Well, there were dozens of gals' photos scattered around. Photos, eh? But no letters, Archie? Not a one. There must be some letters, Archie. Love letters. Wherever we have girls' photos and telephone numbers, I assure you they're bound to be love letters. That is what we must find. But then we'd have a motive. Yeah, but where do I look, huh? Go to Hanson's dressing room at the Club Diablo. I have just phoned the place. A female singer is substituting for Hanson. But she won't arrive until supper hour. Mr. Wilcox, accompany Mr. Goodwin, if you please. Keep your eyes open. I need the boy. Then you do love me, boss? Come on, Tom. Let's look at this Club Diablo. Well, I fixed it up with the stage doorman. Here, this is Hanson's dressing room. What a layout. This dressing room's fancier than most of the Met stars get. Hanson fixed it up himself. Bar, refrigerator, hot plate, television set. He could live here. Some of this stuff could be the new girl singers. I don't think so. Well, let's get to work, Tom. Take the drawers and his dressing table first. What are we looking for, Archie? Mr. Wolf says the motive. He means letters. There's nothing here. Nothing in the desk. New singer must have cleaned it out for her things. Nothing in the books. Don't pass up that refrigerator. Nope. Empty. Hey, there is something here. Back of the ice cube trays. Come here. Oh, well. Mr. Wolf said there had to be letters, and so there are letters. Lots of them. Hey, here's one from Marge. And another. And look here. Really confidential letters from a dozen society gals. There's something else in the back. Bank book. What do you know? A singer like Keith didn't make this much. No, that kind of money didn't come from crooning. This guy Keith was really shaking these babes down. Archie, someone's coming, listen. Quick, behind the door and grab him. Douse the lights. Ah! Run, Marge, run! Hold it, Mom. Well, it's you two. You dirty rat. Hitting a woman. Tom, what are you and Archie doing here? The letters... Archie, you found them. Archie, please, give me those letters. Uh-uh, uh-uh, don't touch. I'll just put them safely away in my pocket. Besides, you didn't write all of these. Give them to me. At least give me my letters. I'll tell you what, you go on home and stay there, and we'll leave it up to Mr. Wolf. Tom, take him outside. I want to use his phone. Come along, ladies. Let us oblige Mr. Goodwin. I'll meet you at the stage door, Archie. Right.
Hey, the lights, who's there? Put the phone up, Goodwin. Who are you? Uh. Archie, what happened? Are you hurt? Here, let me help you. I'm all right, I guess. Oh, my head. Did you see anybody? No, no, I didn't. I shouldn't have left you. Turn out the lights before I saw him. He whispered. Got away with all the evidence. Where are the girls? I sent them home in a cab. Well, let's get over to Mr. Wolf. This is tough luck. If I'm not mistaken, his next move will be to have a little get-together with all concerned. Come on. Archie, the door, I guess, started arriving. Excuse me, Tom. Come in, Inspector Kramer. Ah, uh, good one. Good evening, Inspector. Well, Mr. Wolf, got the killer. You said you'd hand him over to me this evening. In time, Inspector. You know Tom Wilcox, of course. Mr. Wolf, evening, Inspector. What about the ballistics report, Inspector? The bullet was shot from the same gun that killed Hanson. And that gun, I am certain, came from the home of Pat and Don Parks. Marge and Brad King also had access to it. I have one more bullet here, Inspector. One fired at Mr. Goodwin. I'm sure it was also shot from the same gun. However, it isn't important now. It isn't important? It almost cost me my life. You can make it into a charm if you wish. Inspector Kramer, before our other guests arrive, I must tell you that Mrs. Park lied on the witness stand. She was not with Tom Wilcox at the time Keith Hanson was murdered. In fact, they were absolute strangers. What? Sit down, Inspector. Four other guests are due to arrive any moment. Well, who are the other guests? Patricia and Don Park, Marge and Brad King. One or all is involved in the Hanson murder. Archie, do any of these people wear spectacles? Nope, none of them. You know why this person killed Hanson, Mr. Wolf? First of all, Hanson was a blackmailer. The girl Marge was the current victim. The letters Hanson held with a threat. I'll explain later. Well, then Pat must have thought that Marge killed Hanson to get the letters, and she lied on the stand to save Tom's life because she believed Tom was innocent. Where's this Marge King? I'll have her picked up. Sit down, Inspector. Archie, I believe our guests are arriving now. Come in, come in. Uh, good evening. Archie, cheers. Inspector Kramer, Patricia and Don Park, Marge and Brad King, and this is Tom Wilcox. Who we've met at the Club Diablo this afternoon. All right, Mr. Wolf. which one is it? Patience, Inspector. One of these five people is the murderer of Keith Hansen, a killer. What is this nonsense? Please sit down. Mr. Wolf speaking. Go ahead, boss. Any one of you had sufficient motive to have committed the Hansen murder? Not one of you has established a bona fide alibi. You who are actually innocent must tell the truth, or you shall all suffer as accessories after the fact. Mr. Wolf, you're wasting your time. Marge, several years ago, you were secretly married to Keith Hanson. It lasted but one week. You gave Keith the money to get a divorce from you at Mexico. He didn't, which made you a bigamist when you married Brad. Keith was all set to blackmail you. He knew your husband, Brad, was wealthy. Marge, is this true? Yes. 
Please, Brad, I thought he got the divorce. If I'd known that, I would have killed Hanson myself. Maybe you did kill him. One moment, Inspector. Patricia, you lied on the stand to protect Tom Wilcox here because you believed your sister Marge was guilty of Hanson's murder. Why did you believe her, her guilty? Were you at the scene of the crime? Marge, it's time to tell the truth and clear all this up. You won't be satisfied until you're in jail. Will you shut up? Quiet, please. Go ahead, Marge. All right. Keith Hansen was shot from the bedroom while I stood talking to him in the living room. You went there to buy back your letters? Yes, Pat drove me to his apartment. There was no place to park, so she said she'd drive around the block until I came out. That's why she's never been sure whether I killed him or not. That's right. Because I feel I might have shot him if I'd been in your place. Because of what Hansen did. What was it he did? Keith Hansen demanded $10,000 in exchange for the letters. Pat loaned me the money so Brad wouldn't know. What? Is that true, Pat? You loaned her 10000 I got to Keith's apartment about 9.30. He looked awful. He obviously had been in a fight. The room was mussed up and his nose was bleeding. Yes, go on. He went to the bedroom to get the letters and came back saying they were gone. I didn't believe him. Keith said he knew who had taken them and he'd have them back by morning. He grabbed the money from me and put it in his pocket. He was just about to tell me who took the letters when there was a shot from the bedroom door... Keith Hanson fell to the floor, but I didn't see anyone. I, I wanted to get my money from his coat pocket, Pat's money, but I, I couldn't touch him. His staring wide-open eyes were horrifying. I ran and I ran. Poor baby, why didn't you tell me? I think you're lying, young lady. You took the gun from your sister's desk, and when Keith Hanson didn't produce the letters, you deliberately shot him. You didn't even offer him any money. You kept it yourself. No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, Pat, don't believe him. Inspector Kramer... She's innocent. I know who did it. Oh, no, Brad, stop. Oh, Brad, what are you saying? All right, all right, break it up. Yeah, so do I know, Brad. That's why you left the horse show. I thought you were guilty all along. All right, Inspector. Now you know. I don't get this, boss. Inspector, ladies and gentlemen, please. First, which of you had some medical training? Medical training? Well, Keith Hansen and I both went to medical school. Why? That is most enlightening, Mr. Park. Marge and I were nurses' aides during the war. And perhaps you can interpret this medical phraseology for me. These few lines from this little medical book. Archie, hand it to Dunpop. Will you read it, please, at the top of page 75? It uh, says the form of pernicious anemia commonly found in the human is... Now, uh, Don, hold your hand over your right eye and read on. What? Uh, also common to the many lower... Now, uh, cover the left eye and read with the other. What is this? Go ahead. Well, uh, many, many lower animals and, uh, and this, this light isn't so good. Step close to me. Hmm. Yes, thank you. Mr. Park, here is the contact lens for your right eye. I'm sure you've been tremendously handicapped without it all day. Inspector Don Park is your murderer. Don't move, Park. Keep away, I warn you. Well, I got his gun. There you are, Inspector. He's all yours now. Okay, come on. Okay, good one. But I'll get out of this. You trapped yourself, Don, by your contact lens. You dropped from your eye during the scuffle with Archie in the Hanson apartment this afternoon. And the gun Archie just took from you is undoubtedly the murder weapon. And the gun that fired the bullets at Wilcox and Archie today. 
Hey, Tom, are you all right? There's blood on the side of your head. Uh, just graze my scalp. You and I must have hard heads. Well, that's that. Thanks so much, Inspector, for dropping in. Come again, won't you? day's work, boss. Send me an Archie, please. Right. Hey, what was that business about the medical training? Marge said the body of Keith had staring, wide-open eyes, preventing her from touching the body. But the police found the eyelids closed. How did they get closed? Well, we must have bothered Don, too, and he closed them. His medical training. Right. A layman would never touch the eyes of the dead. Marge couldn't, not even to get back the $10,000. Here's your beer. Why did Don do all this, boss? Obviously, he learned of Hanson's blackmail scheme and was trying to force him to agree to split Marge's $10,000. Don was quite startled a minute ago to learn that Pat, his own wife, put up the money. However, when they heard Marge arriving, Don stepped into the bedroom, found Marge's letters in there, and must have hidden in the closet. And then as Keith Hanson was about to speak Don's name, Don shot him and took Marge's money. Of course, he planned to carry on a blackmailing of Marge himself, thinking the money would come from Brad. Yeah. And you are warming that beer with your hot glands. Pour it, please. There you are. You've had a rough day, beaten twice, and lost to interesting women. <laughs> Tonight, you may open your bedroom window. <laughs> Good night, Archie. You have been listening to The New Adventures of Nero Wolf, starring Sidney Greenstreet. Tonight's transcribed story by Gladys Williams was based on the characters created by Rex Stout. This is an Edwin Fadiman production, produced and directed by J. Donald Wilson. In the cast were Harry Bartell as Archie Goodwin, and Mary Lansing, Jean Bates, Paul Marion, Barney Phillips, Ken Peters, and Bill Johnstone. Next week at this same time, Nero Wolfe and Archie will bring you The Case of the Lost Heir. Don Stanley speaking. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. That's Case Closed for this week. You can find more from Richard Diamond, Nero Wolf, past episodes of Case Closed, all types of old-time radio at relicradio.com. Our shoutcast stream is up and running there with even more old-time radio. And of course, if you'd like to help support this and all of the shows, you can donate through the website. Your support is how all of this happens. If you'd like to help out, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website. Thanks to those who have. Thanks for joining me today. Be back next Wednesday with another hour of Case Closed.